WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Well, 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 we are back. You are listening to the student section NFL on WVUA 90.7 The Capstone. I'm your host, Jalen Brooks, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Oh, wow. There's no Connor. I'm so used to saying that. <laughs> he always starts with Connor, too. I know. Get some change around here. Uh, but I got Tanner Thompson. What's up? And I got Evan Cisneros. What to do? All right. So uh, like I, I like that one. I like it. I like it. Well, way better than Connor's. Uh, yeah, honestly. Swell. I'm glad this is it's a, nice, it's a nice break <laughs> to not hear up. the doing swell. But we still miss Connor, that being said. Absolutely. Yeah. But no doubt. since Connor's not here, I, th- I feel like we're going to do the show a little bit differently today. Um, normally. We would have like a range of topics to talk about, but since there's only so much to focus on in the NFL, we might as well get started and talk about a little bit of a preview for the upcoming Super Bowl, which is the Chiefs versus 49ers. So uh, just to go ahead and get started, I want to hear who you guys are taking for the Super Bowl. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but remind me again. Evan, why don't you uh, start us off? Um, I'm going to – I've been saying that the 49ers are the best team in the NFL for – basically the past two seasons but watching these playoff runs and watching just how Patrick Mahomes has taken control of the games and even if he's not performing the very best it seems like the Chiefs have not had a single moment where they weren't in control of the game and on the other side the 49ers have been coming back from behind and it's impressive but I think the Chiefs are just going to have control the whole time and play as front runners and not really let off the gas at any point. I think the Chiefs are going to win by at least, at least a touchdown. At I mean, least a touchdown. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I'm not upset at that at all. It's kind of a – both teams are riding pretty significant momentum coming into this game, um, winning in the fashions that they did, uh, especially, you know, the Niners coming back over the Lions when they were down 24-7 before half. Um, and also, Evan, I like what you said about the Chiefs. Um, you know, we've had, their, we've had our doubts about them all, all throughout the regular season and even uh, – early postseason but man these past few games they've played I mean like like you said they've been in control the whole time yeah. they've looked like the better team and it hasn't been it hasn't just been you know making the uh making big plays uh when they had to when there was no other option and um and that's still what this team does Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league Travis Kelsey's uh still the best tight end but um the consistency of it makes these Chiefs scary and no, and like that's exactly to your point. We talked about it a little bit in the preseason how we thought this would be the year that the Chiefs would finally decline and finally or hit that plateau. And yeah. you know, Travis Kelsey stat- statistically, I think this is not his best season. Not his best regular season yeah. for sure. No, Probably one of his worst, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And then you have um, just not any weapons like on their like your their best offensive weapon being the rookie right receiver, of yeah. course, next to Kelsey. Um, their defense, a lot of questions of Chris Jones. A lot of people forgot he started with the holdout. You know. Right. Um, and then you had that defense kind of a little bit falling apart, a lot of pieces leaving, and then Nick Bolton gets – that's his name, correct? Yes, the middle Nick linebacker. Bolton. Yeah, yeah. He gets injured, breaks his wrist. Mm-hmm. And still through all, the whole time, I think the only time that we really saw them kind of looking broken is yeah. that Denver game where they yeah. got, you know, Russell was the last time Russell like, <laughs> yeah. looked like he had a decent game, but I don't even know, but yeah. Yeah. I would uh, shout out Drew Tranquil for stepping up when the tranquilizer. Yeah, when, <laughs> is that his nickname? <laughs> it is now. On Madden. <laughs> <laughs> On Madden. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, 
Is he like um, a go-to pickup free agent or something for you? Or like? No, no, no. He was just on uh, Madden 23. He was my middle linebacker because he had Enforcer, so... Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's also he's quick. Yeah. I understand getting that sub linebacker kind of piece, the guy who can move around, and play pass coverage. For sure, for sure. Smart he, move. If he had lurker, then I really understand. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, Drew Tranquil, the uh, he's a guy who is kind of a utility player, kind of in that you know uh, nickel safety slash sub linebacker role. Came over from the Chargers, am I right? Uh, yes. yes, I believe so. And um, he stepped up and he he did his job. That's all you can ask for, especially in the defense that uh, Spags plays it requires on plays to be made by everyone and everyone to be on the same page. And um, he did just that. And I was really impressed with what he has done and honestly continues to do. You, you know, it's – um. let me ask your opinion on this. Because we know the Chiefs have already beaten the 49ers. Right. That narrative is already out there. Do you think this is the year that Mike Shanahan – or Kyle Shanahan. Kyle. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, if Mike Shanahan is, – is, is this Mike Shanahan's year? <laughs> He's finally done. He's finally done. Um, but, yeah, is this Kyle Shanahan's year to finally get it done? Like you said, he's been on these – he's been so close before. He was on that famous Tom Brady comeback 28-3. to Right. But now, just like we saw last week, he had his own – like his own comeback in his mm-hmm. own way. Um, you know, he came close, like we just said, almost beating. They were up twenty something, twenty to ten at halftime at the, the Super Bowl. Niners. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they all, they were like, once again, they up had that half. game in control. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. Do you think this is the Super Bowl that he comes in there and he gets it done? I um, I like the quarterback situation more than I have in many years past for the Niners. I know Jimmy Garoppolo was very serviceable, but um, anytime. It came down to a situation where, like, as for example, against the Rams in the NFC Championship, I believe that would have been uh, from two years ago. Um, they had probably a minute and a half left, and it's a minute and a half. They're starting on their own 15 or something like that. And I'm not going to lie to you. The second I see Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, walking up behind the center and <laughs> reading the defense, I was like, he's not going to get it done. And I think three plays later, later that was confirmed. And um, and it's I think it's really encouraging to see this Niners team be able to uh, to be able to face adversity like they did against the Lions, especially against a really good running team that should be able to control the lead, um, showing that they can fight and they can get the drives when they need them and they can push the ball downfield to win games. That's huge because I think that's kind of one of the natures of the criticism of uh, Kyle Shanahan is can can be is that that offense isn't exactly you know. Sometimes it cannot be built to uh, get, you know, quick comebacks pushing the ball down the field. It's based on a lot of uh, giving the players good opportunities and things yeah. of that nature. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I think if there ever were, it's this year. Again, it's, I still just have such a hard time, like, being confident against Mahone, the combination of, you know, 15-87, Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo. I think that is an incredible uh, group of four people. And um, it is so hard to 100% bet against that. But I think this is his best shot. I think it has to be. I'm going to go on the same page with you, get on the same page with you. Yeah. I also think it's going to be their year. Yeah. And, Evan, you said it's going to be the Chiefs, right? I think it's going to be the Chiefs, but I definitely see what he's saying. Yeah. Like, they've been front runners, and you've seen, what was it, 1-30 in 30 before this postseason? Was, I think it was 40. I one in forty when down at half or yeah, something. Yeah, I think it was. I think because I think it's two and forty now or something like that. Well, yeah, they've had two straight comebacks, and we've talked about Chiefs being front runners. Like I'm just checking now the possession time of possession. 
They had 37 minutes compared to 22 on the Ravens. 37 minutes. And about 35 to 25 against the Dolphins. That's why. Bills was a little bit closer, but we're seeing these teams playing from ahead, and we're seeing the 49ers coming from behind, Mm -hmm. rallying around Brock Purdy, who isn't the most clutch player in the world, but even NFL superstars like Calvin Johnson are recognizing. He's got those clutch tendencies. He can turn it up when he needs to, and he's not going to play like – Patrick Mahomes hero ball. That's not who he is, but right. he can find his players, get it to them. Maybe play Eli Manning hero ball. So, right. I mean, this could be. I did say the other day I was hoping <laughs> that Brock Purdy would be the Eli Manning to Mahomes's Tom Brady. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, that yeah, was my. Like that, that was. Kind of, I was really hoping for that. But we could see a rebirth. Uh, did you see that they asked him that question at the Super Bowl press conference? They were like, "Brock Purdy, are you a?" Uh, how excited are you? are you? Like, ready to disappoint Taylor Swift? And he was like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, dude. First, uh, didn't didn't Scott Hansen ask that question? The I think so. guy. I yeah, think he did. I I no, you're wrong. I adore Scott Hansen. Uh, and the questions are just wild. I adore I adore Scott Hansen in red zone. And honestly, I'm not. I really don't consider myself a person who gets at all upset with the Taylor Swift stuff. I yeah. really don't. But um. But I think I can, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> I honestly think it's funny because you know she doesn't get that much airtime when you're watching football. If you if you're really getting mad at it, then I she, think she you should like just it either. exactly. I yeah. think you should just get over it if you're really getting that mad at it. But that being said, when we're coming to Super Bowl preview interviews, and you're saying, "Are you prepared to disappoint Taylor Swift?" <laughs> that's where I may <laughs> yeah, where start to yeah. <laughs> that may be where I may start to uh, be feel a little weird about. But overall, obviously. Um, I just feel like more recently those Super Bowl press conferences have really just shown like what's the actual point to them. <laughs> all like, the, I think all the players are there just like. Well, I know. think it's just this year because it's Vegas, but I think any other yeah, year, true, like true. it's just like um, like if they had it in Orlando, like um, like the Pro Bowl, for example. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't think any of them are too excited. Yeah. <laughs> I they seem to enjoy the Pro Bowl this year. Oh yeah, but. no, they. I actually like the new Pro Bowl setup a little bit, and then like the yeah. way it kind of added up and was competitive towards the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was sure. more fun to watch. But, like, shout, shout out the NFC. Shout out uh, the NFC. Jaylen shout out CJ Stroud. That was an amazing throw to that the was a sick throw. I mean, we're couldn't talking get, about the Pro get, Bowl, but hey, couldn't get it done. <laughs> couldn't get it done to win the game though. CJ Stroud not clutch. Tua Tua would have gotten it done in seven on seven flag football. <laughs> <laughs> we're, starting, we're starting that narrative. CJ oh, Stroud not clutch. <laughs> Oh, but one thing I did want to bring up from that Super Bowl press conference, I did think there was an interesting question. I don't think it means anything, but I do think it's a, a interesting narrative to note. It's um, the Chiefs are practicing at the Raiders practice facility. <laughs> Ooh, and then, that's tough, man. And then the uh, 49ers are using UNLV. Which I did see wow. their stadium is, like, not up to par for them. Yeah. Really? So, so a lot of people are, like, complaining about that and saying that, like, it's a part of the NFL conspiracy. I have to imagine that's mutually agreed on. I don't know. I have no idea. Because uh, someone mm-hmm. asked Andy Reid about it, and he was like, I'm not even entertaining this. This is a waste of time. Because people were trying to make the case that, you know, the Chiefs are getting the better like, better case of preparing. And right. Like, but, which is funny because the Chiefs were also out, like, in the rain, like, try, <laughs> like practicing right. under worse conditions. I w- so, yeah. I, don't know. I would be pretty surprised if any – 49ers player thinks they're at a disadvantage because they're practicing UNLV, I'll be honest with you. But um, I guess it's something to keep tabs on. Because we also talked about the the turf last year, Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl. There's a lot of discussions about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, And I think there's a similar conversation to that this year because someone was saying that they test the fields. 
And right. I'm going to try to look for the percentage, um, but I'll come back to it. But pretty much right. he was saying that this field is still not up to regular NFL standards. Interesting. Yeah. I saw that um, the only thing I've seen about it is that both teams unanimous, unanimously excuse me, agreed on the field. I think somebody said that the grass – here's what I heard. The grass was softer than what the Niners are used to. Okay. Um, that's what they found out. But that being said, and I think it's a little bit more geared towards the Chiefs, but that being said, both sides agreed unanimously on it. They seem to be – okay but i don't know if the turf's the difference then i don't think and you'll find it no matter who wins this game i don't think you'll find a losing player coming out and saying oh it was the turf man we couldn't get it done yeah not this year I, not this year i mean i hope not i hope <laughs> hopefully that's not there's, we get a good good game all the way to the end no, right no calls no calls i'm sorry my eagles fandom's coming out a little bit. Sorry, wow that's so rare i can't believe that just happened uh, on this show connor's not here Probably so i got the least we hear it. about the eagles yeah the whole year he's actually in the in the minority of being an eagles fan for the <laughs> well, first time oh god i wish connor <laughs> i wish he was here but we're gonna take a quick break you were listening to the student section nfl WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. And we are back. You're listening to the student section NFL on WVUA 90.7, the Capstone. Um, also streaming live now on TuneIn and Live 365. Nice. Live 365. Live 365. There you go. <laughs> Thought it was Live 360. Glad I, <laughs> glad I cleared that up. Sorry, right, man. But uh, alongside uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so glad mm-hmm. I made that clear. But um, Con- uh, Connor, God, I'm just missing. If you Connor do that today. one more time, Jalen, <laughs> I'm gonna leave this show. I'm so sorry, Taylor. I'm gonna walk out. It's just you know, I'm just so used to having him like sitting like directly across from I me. I guess so. It's just such a weird change for me. It just hurts my feelings a little bit. Well, it's, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> but fine. now that we're getting back to our. Uh, Back from break, let's go ahead and talk about you know the NFL drafts. Oh yeah, like, uh, next to the Super Bowl, like the only kind of news we have to talk about a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're gonna be really looking for NFL draft news after the Super Bowl's done. Yeah, like Christian Hart, more news than ever. Actually, we're gonna go. Yeah. Out. but um, so why don't you go ahead and take away this uh, our plan for this little part right here? Yeah. So as of right now, obviously, um, still a lot of scouting to be done. Um, there's only a limited amount of information that we have out because pro days haven't happened, combine hasn't happened, all these things. But um, I am also a believer in, uh, you know, the tape, the film being the best way to evaluate an athlete uh, past all the combine and stuff like that. But um, what we're going to do is we're all going to give three guys that, um, again, qualifies maybe just under the radar, but are also our personal, maybe just some personal favorites coming into uh, coming into the draft, trying to avoid the big names like Caleb Williams, Drake May. Uh, Marvin Harrison, Harrison Jr., <laughs> Maserati Marv, uh, you know, the Brock, the number ones, I guess, of all these guys. and um, right, The big names. Exactly. And I do kind of have a big name on my list, so it's, you know, again, emphasizing the favorites. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's how we're going to do it. Okay. Um, and our plan here is to, like, you know, over the next course of week. And over the next course of a couple of weeks that uh, when Connor gets back, we're actually right. going to do our own version of mock drafts. Right. And I know you guys do that something on Thursdays because you host – you actually host uh, – I do host – I host the college football show on Thursdays, and something tells me that it's going to start to bleed into each other a little just bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, it'll be uh, – 
it'll be fun regardless i i love doing draft content it's one of my favorite things to talk about and um to study so i'm really excited for the draft season as a whole oh yeah no and it's, for all you guys listening be sure to check out tanner because he's i'm pretty sure he's going to be hosting our nfl draft that we always uh do towards april so that be, be sure cool. to listen to that and check that out mm-hmm. so to start things off why don't you go ahead and give us your first name fantastic i'm uh my first um uh, personal favorite actually i'm gonna go with my biggest name first just uh for the sake of people knowing it and getting out of the way and again big name but i believe that malik neighbors is um i think he is a incredible wide receiver prospect and he may be one of the better wide receiver prospects i have seen in a very long time but he happens to be in the same draft class as marvin harrison jr who i believe is a better prospect but um, malik neighbors man he's got every tool that I would look for in a wide receiver at the next level. Um, he has the uh, high-end speed and the ability to stretch the field, uh, his change of direction, and just overall route running at all levels of the field seems incredibly put together. I mean, he's absolutely torched guys at the college level constantly. His, his stats, I mean, were significantly better than Marvin Harrison Jr.'s. And also, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. played with Cade York and <laughs> – uh, he played with Jaden Daniels, who is the Heisman winner. So that's obviously a factor. And I still believe that Marvin is a uh, is a better prospect. But Malik Neighbors, man, hands, physicality, uh, speed, he's got everything that I would look for. And he was a huge part of why that offense could succeed. They uh, they just kind of spread the formation out all year. They would go almost sideline to sideline every play. And that either allowed Jaden Daniels to find Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, beating got beating somebody one on one or Jaden Daniels not got, Jayden, not Marvin Harrison Jaden Daniels excuse me well, yeah. uh, you, you know what I mean yeah I uh, that allowed Jaden Daniels to find Malik Neighbors either beating go. somebody one on one because it forces the defense to spread out and then once that defense is spread out if somehow or not I shouldn't say if somehow but if Malik Neighbors doesn't get open or other good receivers on that team but it lets Jane Daniels get out but it was very favored towards Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors and that showed. That showed. I don't have Malik Neighbors' uh, numbers in front of me, but I think he was the best wide receiver in college football this year just for the sake of production and all those things, even though Marvin's a better prospect. But Malik Neighbors is mine, and again, a big name. Yeah, no, and it's but, funny you bring that out, uh, bring that up. Actually, more recently on Twitter, I've been seeing uh, anonymous you know, sources from yeah. you know, scouts and whatnot, but, but they're saying that um, it's a lot closer than you think for Marvin Harrison. And, um, and I would agree. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I want to ask you, if you're an NFL team, what would be the reason you take him over Marvin Harrison Jr.? If I were to take Malik Neighbors over Marvin Harrison Jr., I think he will test better okay. and will probably have better physicals from a movement standpoint, you know, uh, cone drills, 40-yard dash. I think you'll have better versions of those. Um, so that, you know, if I'm looking for that role more on my team, then that's probably what I, why I would consider neighbors over Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. But that I would still, in most situations of teams that need receivers, I would probably still go Marvin Harrison Jr. But um, I think if I did make that decision, that would probably be why. Okay, so let me ask you a question. If you're a team, let's say, early on, okay, Giants or the Chargers, they could got right. the fourth or fifth pick. Right. Like, if you have someone like uh, – you can't get Harrison. Yeah, he's gone. Supposedly. We're, we're you know, hypothetically. Yeah, yeah we're, you know. Going to maybe safely assume, Yeah, but we'll safely, see. He'll be yeah. gone by then. But let's say Brock Bowers is still on. Right. We've seen, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts set that precedent of 
tight ends going early, right. especially if they have that talent. And Brock Bowers has that talent. Right. So is there a scenario where, I don't know, like who are you picking in that scenario? Between um, Malik Neighbors and Brock Bowers? Yes. Um, what were the teams you said? Giants, Chargers. Giants and Chargers. I would lean, I would go Malik Neighbors from the Chargers. If I'm the Giants. You do have Darren Waller. And you did. True. I think, I still believe that Darren, Darren Waller's a good, really good football player. He's but, just, you know, health-wise. Yeah, health-wise and, and age he's happens. He's focused and, on his rap career now. <laughs> have you seen that? I, I've seen it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we don't have to spend too much time. <laughs> it's probably better we did. <laughs> probably. Um, I think I would I think I would still go Malik Neighbors. I think I value that position higher okay. overall. And again, I think Malik Neighbors is an incredible prospect. I really do. It's just because he's in a draft class with Marvin Harrison Jr. I, he would go above. Um, he would go number one in, ter- uh, in terms of classes in last year. I would say for sure because last year wasn't it. It was kind of a tough one to yeah. get it exactly right. Um, year before that would have been the Garrett Wilson, uh, Chris Olave, Chris Olave Drake, Drake London. London. I think he would go Good one there guy. too. Oh my god! And I love and I love Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson will be elite. But I think oh, didn't yeah. Drake London go first that round? He did, which That's I still crazy. disagree with. I saw it happen, and I disagree with it then, and I disagree with it today. But Raheem Morris though, came out and said, he's like, yeah, we're <laughs> using these guys. That's true. He also didn't mention Kyle Pitts. When he was asked, somebody said, well, what are you looking forward to with this team? And he said, Drake London and Bijan Robinson. I also said Bijan Anderson. But, and he didn't Kyle, say Kyle Pitts. No love. Kyle Pitts is just, just never yeah, going to like. <laughs> feel for yeah. that guy. I know. But, uh, but yeah, uh, to your question, I would think I would take neighbors. I think I value that receiver position. Just enough more over uh, over Brock Bowers, and again, especially for the Giants. Yeah, with and, and I don't think, Aaron Waller. and I don't, and I don't think that's uh, unfair to say. Especially you saw what he did for Jaden Daniels helping him win that Heisman. So yeah, I saw it in person, and I did not like it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Referring to the Alabama, I am. Yeah, I did not like the effect it had on me. But Malik Neighbors is obviously <laughs> I, Malik Neighbors is obviously a very good football player. Yeah, a lot of respect goes to him and everything. Absolutely he's done over there. They. Well, so, such a good offense. I think this goes without saying. You have Malik Neighbors over Rome Odunze. Yes, I do. And I think confidence. how much, how much, how big would you say that gap is? Because you said Malik had the better stats. They are almost exactly the same. Really? Rome did have a couple, two more games. Yeah. But well, obviously because the playoffs. Yeah. He had 92 receptions, 16, 40 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Three more receptions. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Malik Neighbors had 89 right. receptions, 1,500 yards, and 14 touchdowns. So he put up maybe a little better efficiency, but yeah. what do you think separates that? I think a big part of that um, will be Malik Neighbors did play in the SEC. It's just true. Play style for in me. That, yeah. yeah, and I think that may be a broken record. And, again, that's just the first thing, and I, I, I agree with your play style take. But, um, again, as of right now, the – just base is that he played in the SEC mm-hmm. and putting up those numbers. I believe that defenses are consistently stronger in the SEC. So um, I think that matters in that context. But um, so beyond that, I think that I like Malik Neighbors significantly more as a, especially as a wide receiver at the next level. I think I like Neighbors way more as a wide receiver one. Right. I'm not even sure I'm. I like Odunze a lot. I think he can be a very successful guy, but I don't think he's a wide receiver one. 
I think he can be a really good wide receiver too, and there's a lot of teams he could fit on perfectly and could play a really good role. But I don't know if I would want him as my wide receiver one. Um, kind of like I honestly wouldn't mind him in a T. Higgins-like role of a um, a guy you can go to that uh, has elite hands, great possession guy. Um, you can target the back shoulder really well. He controls his body well. But Malik Neighbors, he just has the tools to beat anybody. And I don't think Rome Odunze has those same ones. Like Malik Neighbors can get around guys and create the separation far better than Rome Odunze can. And Rome Odunze is an incredible contested catch guy. I don't mm-hmm. want to take that away. But I would be a little bit more optimistic about the separation aspect at the next level than the ball-winning aspect because right. guys are going to be bigger. They're going to be more physical. They're going to be more skilled. And um, so, yeah, I think – especially And the know, space created is going to be exactly. a lot less coming into the NFL. Exactly. So, so Neighbors, I think, just has a, a bigger tool set, and I think that's what makes me more excited about him. Okay. Uh, was, uh, was Rome uh, – <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. You're good. Was he yeah, your prospect that you wanted to talk about, or did you have another? No, no, he's uh, not. Okay. I, well, I did also have another receiver, receiver yeah. though. I have two receivers, actually, but I'll just get into my first one real quick. I, I'll i preface this by saying I didn't watch very much college football this year, but what I did, there were a couple players that stood out to me, and one of them was Keon Coleman. And I know he didn't have the best stats, but – and there's – I don't know. Just a big physical guy who can go up, make those catches, physical make tools, big plays. Guys off the charts. Right. So it's it's one of those things where it's definitely a project, but you can if you can instill the right traits, the right attitude, the right just things you need to be to be a sorry. He's got all the tools to be Absolutely, a good yeah. NFL receiver if he can get all the mental things down. Right. I agree. And actually show up in the big moments because I know one of the games that I did watch against Miami he had I think four catches for yeah like 24 yards which you can't do that against a rival school but yeah I think if he develops himself he could do a lot better in the future that makes sense I'm I'm, I am a big fan of Keon Coleman I would say I'm probably higher on him than most people are probably because of the stats I Mm. think that um I don't think he was used super well at FSU, I think he could have been used uh, significantly better. And I also think it says a lot. He returned punts a lot of the time for FSU. And that guy is 6'4 and, what, 210? I assume. Something along those lines. And being that size and being your team's punt returner, that is a huge testament to the athlete that you are. And, um, again, kind of like, you, you, you know, you, can, you really hit it home. But I think that with that development, he will absolutely uh, – can dominate at the next level. Right. But. Oh, you know what's uh, interesting? I just wanted to know. Do you know what the – I'm looking at NFL draft buzz, but do okay. you know what the, who they have as his uh, NFL comparison? Oh, can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. For Keon Coleman? Mm, uh, yeah. Is this is it a current player? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, one's a current NFL player, and the other two are college players, but I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. going for the NFL yeah, player. Yeah. <laughs> um, current for Keon Coleman? Gosh, I kind of want to get this one. It's wanna, okay. Cause yeah, it's I'm like, not going to use too much it wasn't time like, to think about this. It wasn't but. one I was expecting, to be honest. But Who was it? Uh, wait, wait. I don't know how accurate this is. Could I say Jarvis Landry? No, I mean, Jarvis, that's not a bad guess. Jarvis like, Landry, honestly. interesting, yeah. That's not a bad guess, but no, it's not. It's um, was Jarvis, yeah, By the way, was Jarvis Landry on the team this year? Did he ever get signed? I have he no was idea. On the, I'd still follow him on Instagram as a Dolphins <laughs> fan. So he was on the Saints at the beginning of the year. That's a true Dolphins fan. There you go. Everyone, okay. everyone has that guy that they follow for, for no reason. 
from their uh, old team. JHI too. J. I love that. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, a Jai. he's a certified English rapper now. What? Wow. Yeah. Wait, he's like good for Batman him. or something. I in have Batman? <laughs> That's his rap name. I kind of awesome. have to get, like, look more into this because he he's part it. of the reason the Eagles won that Super Bowl. Not to bring up the Eagles again. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> George Pickens to answer the question. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Yeah, that kind that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I like uh, Coleman. I think the my biggest thing is, if I'm not mistaken, he started off the season a little bit slow and then he slowly Absolutely, started pulling yeah. it together. Um, I think what you said, Tanner, it's kind of i would agree with that but yeah i don't think they had him in the best position absolutely um but i think definitely if you get him in the right team the right situation especially a team that needs wide receiver help yeah or maybe has like you know mentors you know the right mentors yeah i think it would be a great addition to a team absolutely um but it's funny i actually have a wide receiver as well all righty well my name is probably not going to be so much as uh as big of a name okay. um but he plays near my hometown, Virginia. Okay. He nice. plays for Virginia. Wide receiver, uh, Malik. Um, I just had his name. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Malik Washington. <laughs> Malik Washington. Yeah. Gotcha. He's tell fi- me about him. He's uh five eight, and he's uh, he's got like Jalen Wall speed. But he, imagine a twenty pounds heavier Jalen Wall. Not saying exactly to that talent yet, but like imagine yeah. like Jalen Wall size that speed with yeah. twenty pounds heavier. Um, wow. Okay. I'm imagining like a Tank Dell kind of player. Tank Dell is not 20 pounds heavier. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think just the name like, Tank makes me think tank like, Dell's like <laughs> big old Tank. Dude. Tank Dell's like 180 soaking wet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, so Malik Cunningham, oh, Malik Cunningham, I'm sorry. Malik Washington, um, three, he ran, I'm trying to get this right. I just had it pulled up, and I want to make sure I say this correctly. Yeah. So he's more of a slot receiver, but I think yeah. he can play the outside just a little bit. But in that system, he caught um, 406 passes. 406 passes out of 462 came from the slot. Wow. Um, he had, on the season, he had uh, 1,400 yards pretty wow. much. He led the FCS in mm-hmm. catches, if I'm not mistaken. And gotcha. he also led the FCS in contested catches with 63%. And a 5'8 man. Yes. Led the FCS yes. in contested catches. That's, that's what awesome. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And I, I think that's more than the average than, like, I think compared to the NFL. I'm not, I have to go back wow. and do the. Uh, uh, I would believe that. Yeah. yeah, but like I just crazy. But uh, nine touchdowns on the season. Last season he only had one. Right. And the year before that um, he only had two. But I mean, like for three straight years he's played in every single game. Um, I'm pretty sure he's like the sole, like one of their sole sources on offense. So, like, yeah. He totally works the middle of the field. I just think if you're like a, I'm not saying I don't know if he's gonna go in the second round. I don't think yeah. he's gonna be like a first round receiver, especially going to a school like Virginia. Yeah. But I think if you're a team that. Like maybe I'm not saying the Panthers will draft him, yeah. but I'm saying that needs to take like uh, to me he's like a Romeo Dobbs, you know, has to. It's gonna take him a while to become. Yeah. Well. yeah, yeah, yeah. That but sense. that's my that's my pick. Yeah, no, I like it. I that's think, what I was that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping yeah. for guys to you know hear ones that I have not uh, don't know 100 percent about. Yeah, and like I only I know the only reason I know more about him because you know i'm from virginia so yeah, that's it's, fair. it's just uh it's good to see but um let's go around to your second player all right my second player is going to be uh again also uh not exactly an unheard of name especially not here but uh my second player is gonna be terry arnold terry arnold excuse me um i think there's a lot to say about who terry arnold is uh as a player off the field uh Seems incredibly uh, coachable, as, we, as we've seen, you know, uh, interviews with him. And he's a really, really freaky athlete. 
that guy, and he's a freaky athlete and also long, and that is a huge, that is a amazing combination for a cornerback, especially at the next level. And um, again, seems very coachable. Um, a lot of good defensive backs have, have come out of uh, Nick Saban's program, and he needs time to learn. You know, maybe some of the nuances and you know how to play truly elite man coverage. But, but he'll get there. Yeah, but he is again His special mindset? athlete. Yeah, special athlete. Like, I I have to imagine that teams looking at him in this draft are going to see special athlete has the physical traits, incredibly coachable and moldable as a player, and I think that would really excite me. Is he this year's Jalen Hurts? Is he this year's Jalen Hurts? Like in terms of like you know that leadership, like I would say. That's yeah, I, 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 I just have yeah, I, mindset. I guess I could compare that because Jalen Hurts probably had one of the better, I guess one of the more openly, uh, or maybe not openly, but easiest to tell that they were a good leader and they were there yeah. for their team. But uh, I, I think that very well could be true. Just feels weird in my head to compare a cornerback and a quarterback. Yeah, I know. it was a little. I, I, it's not the best. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. But I just meant in terms of mindset, not yeah, like yeah. actual, like you know. Well, let me ask you this. Like, so I, I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Let me ask you, what do you think is the best team for him? Because I think there's a lot him. of options out there, but I think there's some teams that clearly, you know, they got a lot of issues going on, with right? Them, like in their locker room stuff. So. Right. I have to imagine that. I'm guessing he would go in the – if he goes in the first, it'll be late. You know, bottom 10 rounds, I assume. Um, the Rams have a pick there, which I would like him on the Rams. I think he, there's, he doesn't get past – like, I think don't think he drops later than an early second rounder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if he did. I So, yeah, I'm going to say the Rams I honestly kind of feels like a team that I like, especially with – I don't know, especially with the quality of the coaches on that team. I think that it's hard not to. I again, I like I said earlier with the multiple piece of clay. I think that's what you see when you look at Terran Arnold. He's got every tool imaginable, and you know, obviously the Rams have had some pretty good defensive backs. Jalen Ramsey being the best one, obviously joined the Rams later in his career. He really developed with the Jaguars. But, but big reason they won that Super Bowl. Exactly. I think the Rams are at twenty or something. Like at least they're at least within two picks of twenty, and um, I think they would probably be the first people who want to take him, take a guy like Terry Ryan Arnold, because again, that's that is something they lack. Yeah, their defensive back room isn't exactly elite, and I'm sure they want somebody who you know can be great, uh, and can be a cornerstone because they have a lot of good rookie cornerstones right now. Obviously, guys moving out, but Stafford's got a few more years in him. Cup, obviously, but then with Puka, Kyron Williams, you've got your core. Uh, young offensive guys, I think that gives you room to add on to the defense. But I'm really curious. I know this doesn't have to do with that conversation a little bit, but I'm okay. just really curious to see what the Rams do in this draft because I, I think am. they address the quarterback situation. Yeah, as well. You think so? You think, yeah. And they are in a position. I mean, I mean, uh, if you could get well, well I'm not, I was going to say this name for later, but yeah, one of my players that I'll come back around to and touch on it was Spencer Rattler. Like, could you imagine if got, like if he goes to Sean McVay? He bought out at the. Uh, at the senior bowl, yeah, right? really apparently really rose his stock. Well, I guess we'll let you we'll let you get to it. When, yeah, uh, when, when the time, time comes. comes. Yeah, but uh, Evan, who do you got for your second player? I have a player that cooked that Alabama defense, Xavier Worthy. This is another one of the college football games that I watched the whole thing through, and oh, yeah. I did not like watching that game. Yeah, there were 
I remember vividly a long post over the safety and corner. He just caught it in the corner of the end zone and just untouched. Yeah. So he's got those – I know it's easier because it's college, but he's got those skills to where he can just get open Yeah. to where it looks like they just aren't covering him. Like, And once he gets the ball in his hands, he can just go. And – I think Xavier Worthy's definitely not the best receiver, probably not like top five receivers this draft. He's honestly someone I could see the Panthers getting just based off of where he may fall and where other receivers may go in this draft. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a... And as a Panthers fan, how would you react to that? I would feel pretty good about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's I one know. of those home run guys who he's not going to be there every single play, but if you need a slant over the middle that can go for maybe 25... yeah. He can definitely provide that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I mean, that combo of receivers at Texas, him and A.D. Mitchell, is a really special combination of players. I'm a huge fan of both of them. Um, obviously, not a fan of what they did in Tuscaloosa. But, no. but um, he's not going to be back next year for the SEC. Yeah, exactly. But um, him and A.D. Mitchell, man, I think uh, I think they're very comparable players. And he had a great day against Alabama, and especially a very uh, historically you know, elite defense this was week three or four it was of the season it was early in the season and again i think we i think it was very visible at that alabama team clawed their way back uh (laughs) as a defensive unit i mean what did the the texans end up scoring that day 17 or no 27 texas i think had something like 30 something i guess i don't can't remember off the top of my head but real quick for you but um but yeah he's four 34, mm-hmm. gotcha. So, yeah, I think he's done. Uh, he's proved that he can be a really good player at the college level. Um, and even outside of that Alabama game where he was just, you know, there were some broken coverages, some things could have been communicated better, but um, even then he's absolutely proved mm-hmm. the guy that he can be um, at the next level. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how a lot of these guys translate to the NFL. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not excited that, you know, Obviously, we lost one of ours, and now Texas is, you know, getting, you know, has a, you know, has a bond. Yeah, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> and, and Amari Nyblack, right? Say that again. And Amari Nyblack, right? I think so, but I have to double check on that. It's been. I think he is. But um, that being said, I think you guys had two great names to um, to throw in there. My name, it might be a big name. I don't know. They have him going possibly in the top forty, top let's, fifty. Let's find out. Um, Darius Robinson. Um, He's like an edge from six five, by the way, from Missouri. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, pretty big guy. Uh, this is another guy who's apparently whose name was rising during the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um, he he's been, I mean, just this past season, he this was his breakout season. He earned yeah. a, a, all SEC recognition: seven and a half sacks, twelve tackles for loss, a forced fumble. Um, he was a two year captain, and apparently, this guy is one of the most versatile defenders that you can have. Nice. Um, He's just one of a kind size threat with elite mass, thirty five inch arms. How how big is he? Six five. Oh, what do you mean? Like big? Oh, sorry. Weight. I should I should ask weight. Oh, weight wise. Yeah, man. That I don't actually know. Maybe, but I can maybe, Google maybe that hard for to you. find that. It's, if I had a guess, being six five, <laughs> like you think, like, but I don't. Nolan Smith was super light coming in. He was. A, I'm guessing Nolan Smith was. I thought he was like six three, six four, but mm. um, but no, yeah. I, I've heard a little bit about him just from you know observing that. Uh, Mizzou team this year. Yeah. Really good Mizzou team, honestly. Really yeah. fun to watch. I think that team's heading in a awesome direction. But um, 294 pounds to answer your question. 
294 pounds. Yeah. So he's a big boy. 6'5", 294. Yeah. Woo. Edge. He's a big boy. Some, so somebody's gonna be excited about that. And, Some scout is. And that's what I'm saying. And I think for if you're like a team, like uh, I think he's a perfect fit for these teams who are like uh, embody that physical defense, like the Ravens or the Steelers. Right. Some of the, or even the Eagles. I know. Like, but I don't think the Eagles are gonna go in that direction. But I'm just saying, this guy's just huge. Has a lot. He just has to work on his ability to like just rush and all that. But. <laughs> I mean, like you know, like yeah, more yeah, specifically, yeah. he has to work on apparently his hands and rushing with power. That makes sense. Um, that's that's a tough that's probably thing to a better way to like break it down. Yeah, <laughs> but I I will say this guy, a lot of people are saying he might sneak all the way back up into the first round or late first round. Wow, so I could see that, especially with how people have been picked recently. Mm-hmm. People love picking a potential, potential freak. Yeah. Uh, especially at edge too. Mm, like, uh, well, I know he wasn't edge, but Walker. Well, he was edge. Trevon Walker was yeah. an edge. Yeah. yeah, he was. He uh, those Georgia defensive linemen are. They play everywhere on the line. But yeah. also, I mean, Trevon. Like, he didn't. He did not do much at Georgia. You're Tre- right. He really didn't. <laughs> and he just. But he just had one of the best testing uh, combines you'll ever see. And also, like Tyree Wilson last year, he was the guy who was a physical freak. Completely forgot about Tyree. Wilson. Exactly. That guy looked like he was LeBron James compared to everyone else. Uh, just by looking at him on the football field, just an absolute tank. But um, did he go fourth overall? I thought he went seven because he went okay. to the Raiders, I believe. Yeah, I was about to say because I think Anthony Richardson went fourth overall to the Colts. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah I'm tripping. Yeah, you're good. But um, but yeah, it's I understand that uh mold. I guess that players are starting to fit. I mean, it makes sense, but at the same time, I don't know. To me, I always thought Aiden Hutchinson going back to that draft would have been the guy, especially yeah. with the Jags. But I don't think like like we talked about a little bit earlier in the season that potential pick with um, yeah. um, it, Walker. I think it worked out like to start the season. He had a strong. Yeah, he, he did have season. a strong start. I mean, even to show flashes is is big because everyone knew he had the tools. It was just about whether he could produce and bring it together. Exactly. Well, so yeah. even to have moments, I think, is a really good sign for Trevon Walker. But but with that being said, we're about to go to our third break, and when we be back, we're going to talk a little bit about our third and final prospects as well. Maybe have the debate: Is the NFL draft even worth it? Maybe. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's just a question that popped. I, I honestly, I, I didn't. I was not aware of this segment. <laughs> <Yeah>. but. <laughs> just you know, just surprise. But all right, we'll be back. You're listening to the student section NFL on WVUA ninety point seven. WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. And we are back. You are listening to the student section NFL on WVUA 90.7 The Capstone, now streaming live on TuneIn and Live 365 apps. Also, you can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, now that we're back, pretty much, we'll. We're going to go get into our last, you know, candidate or underrated prospects for this yeah. NFL draft. But before we do that, Evan brought up a really interesting question um, during the break. And I kind of wanted to revisit revisit it because I just think it was an interesting conversation. Because I've also wondered the same thing. And which got us looking and me doing some research behind the scenes. So I thought it was an interesting conversation. Did you want me but, to bring back the question? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So I don't remember what put it into my mind, but... Oh, I thought you were about to say, I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Um, but I don't know what put it into my mind, 
Oh, I do remember. <laughs> we were doing a class assignment on ethics in one of my sports management classes. And it just got me to thinking, how ethical is the draft? Because now with NIL deals and students being able to choose what school they want to based on a number of factors, like um, how close they are to family, how good the program is, how much success they're going to get, how much media coverage they're going to get, along with how much NIL money they will get. Why, or not why is there a draft, obviously, so the worst teams can get better, but why do the prospects kind of just accept that? Which, obviously, is like their only route to get it to, into the NFL, but I don't know, just... How come we don't see like more Eli Manning situations? Right. How right. come we don't see more people forcing their hands to get the situation that they want? And my question is, for that Eli Manning situation, because he was supposed to get drafted by the Chargers, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. He was supposed to, but he was like, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not playing. He told them before the draft he wasn't playing with them, too. That's why, and that's why, um, and then his, I know his dad's a really famous Manning and has, like, a lot of. Archie? Uh, yeah, Archie. Archie Manning. I, I, have a signed his, fo- I have a signed football from Archie Manning. Really? Yeah. Oh, so Saints should, legend. You should bring it in. Why would I do that? It's a radio, it's a radio <laughs> show, man. I mean, talk so we could all just talk about what it looks like. Yeah, I just you should bring it in and I don't know, leave it behind or something. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I was gonna say I think it's because uh, his dad Archie Manning. Like, I think if I'm not mistaken, didn't he talk to like the Chargers owner and he got him to convince him to trade him to the Giants? It wow. was it was something that's crazy. I, I don't know if that's what it was exactly. I'm gonna have to go back and look at it. But I just thought it was a situation like something similar to that. And I think yeah. the closest thing that we've had since then is probably Joey Bosa just being like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna pay like play for the Chargers unless yeah. you pay me more." Yeah. And then, like that was the longest um, holdout rookie holdout I think yeah. in NFL history to date. Mm-hmm. So with that question being asked, would you and if you're like Caleb Williams, why would you do that if you're trying? He, if you he's don't talked go about to the it. Bears? He's talked about it. He said that he. Uh, I think I remember him saying that he wouldn't declare for the draft or he was going to wait to declare for the draft until he had, uh, quote, assurances that the Bears wouldn't be taking him. Yeah. And um, which is a little funny. But yeah. And again, that's kind of we've talked about Caleb Williams a lot. And um, especially if you win for a city like Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really get. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's a weird situation. I obviously still think that Caleb Williams is far and away the best quarterback in the draft. But. Um, like Connor, for example, has voiced his concerns about that whole deal about him, uh, sent, like threatening to not declare for the draft or, um, you know, whatever. What are all the other somewhat controversial things he's talked about in terms of expecting from the league? And um, again, if anyone could do it in this draft, it's him. Because I, again, I think undeniably he's the best quarterback. But you know, when it comes down to it, man, and then especially, it's so hard to go up against you know, the organization in this context, but it's going to be hard. I think it would be, yeah, exactly. It would be a, you know, again, we were talking about Eli Manning doing it and everyone says that like, Oh my gosh, they're so worried about, uh, Caleb Williams and how that his teammate deal, or excuse me, how he is in a locker room. They think it's that outlook is impacted by this, by what he's doing, uh, with, uh, avoiding the certain draft spots. And again, did that was that really a discourse with Eli Manning when it happened? Obviously, a long time ago. Yeah, and I don't remember. I have it. No idea. And I don't remember <laughs> yeah. it. But you don't hear any yeah, of that today. Right. You don't hear any of it today. And also, Joey Bosa, like that again. That's something you just, you just don't hear about. You know, these guys are great players, and they're regarded as 
relatively good teammates, as far as I know. I don't, I don't think there's anything negative about them. Well, that's a, that's an interesting. Eli was thing. a great coach at the Pro Bowl this year. From he what was. I saw. He yeah. sure was. <laughs> He's also uh, one of the best rappers I've seen. Uh, that's that's true. A super hot fire. Cool. I'm not gonna lie. When I first watched that, I was like, "Oh, this is cheesy." But that was the, that was the, the line, way he man. killed it. Like the way you could yeah. tell, all the players in the back thought the exact same thing. Yeah, because they're sitting there like, "All right, it'll be some yeah. you know little corny, you know little corny verse." And then all of a sudden, everybody, Micah Parsons, Dexter Lawrence, everybody behind was like, "Oh my God, wait a second. <laughs> like that was actually kind of hard. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually kind of hard. Also, just a shout out to Super Hot Fire because along with Drake, I think this man has had the longest career run. Such of a Soldier Boy, <laughs> Soldier Boy, too, Soldier Boy yeah. too, but has had the longest career run of anyone I've known. I said, Absolutely. Like, I just also think it's hilarious because I think he started blowing back up around COVID time. Yeah. And I, yeah like, just, like, that was the best time for him to yeah. be up here. But uh, I, I can't hate on it. I love it. But um, I thought that was a great question, Evan. And hopefully, um, hopefully everything works out on that's the draft side of things and Caleb Williams does end up on the Bears. I would love to see him, him well, one, if he goes to the Bears, that means Justin Fields gets a new opportunity, and I would love for True. that to happen. Because I do think Justin Fields can be a quarterback in this league. I mean, yeah, he's a he's a starting quarterback for a reason. I do think he's earned that right. But I do think that people talk about, like, the riskiness of each side of uh, – what's the – there's some phrase, uh, one bird in the hand is better than two birds in the bush or something like that. And it's just talking about something that's guaranteed that you know you have versus, you know, something that could be more very potentially – but in this case, man, I think it is more likely that Caleb Williams is a top 10, even top 5 quarterback than it is uh, that Justin Fields is a top 10. I think it's far more likely. Oh, yeah, 100%. Far more likely. So for that reason, especially today's league, man, it seems like it's really hard to win without a top 10, top 5 quarterback. Especially when all the quarterbacks keep going, they keep going to the playoffs, that Super Bowl, or the exactly. same quarterbacks. Exactly. It really is. So you have to – I think all teams recognize that, and that's what I would be thinking with Caleb Williams here. And just to quickly uh, move on before we have to get ready to start wrapping things up. Right. Um, that draft, you know, Eli Manning was selected. It was actually a pretty famous draft. It's the one with Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers. Right. And so because the Chargers selected him, they were able to get Phillip Rivers and more draft picks. So the – if hypothetically the Bears were to go in that direction, it's kind of that same like generational yeah. draft. Like True. they could, they could get, still get away with uh, um, Michael Penix. I think it could still be a first round talent, second round talent. Yeah. They still have not the best name that probably should have brought up right away. But like, <laughs> Jaden Daniels. I, I, also, I think player. I also think it's Penix. But <laughs> oh, it's, what, oh my bad. Don't sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, but um, I'm sorry. But yeah, um, Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner, Drake Absolutely. Manley. Um, J.J. McCarthy, Spencer Rattler, as I've mentioned. Yeah. There's another undrafted quarterback that's somehow, like, well, projected undrafted that's making names for himself. He's like a D2 quarterback. Wow. I don't – little Bailey Zappi this year. Yeah, apparently, like, and he's yeah. moving up boards. So I think it's going to be an interesting draft uh, either way. But just to quickly wrap this up because we don't have that much time left, our last and final prospect. Oh, yeah, we got to do that. Yeah. Um, I'll make mine I'll make mine somewhat quick. Um, <clears throat> mine is going to be also – Pretty still, it'll be a big name when the draft comes around. But um, Olufushanu is, uh, oh yeah, yeah, tackle. I uh, I really believe in his game. I think that a lot of people have Joe Alt as the number one tackle in the class, and I think there's you know plenty of good reasoning behind that. I think his Joe Alt's feet at the tackle position, his footwork is honestly incredible. I'm impressed every time I see it. But I think uh, Joe Alt may struggle at the next level with the bigger guys and freak athletes that he'll have to face. It seems like he can get overpowered a little bit easily. And, um, and yeah, I think he just can't secure uh, secure pads, I guess, the way that Fashanu can. 
And um, I, again, I think Fashanu can plug into both sides. I think he's got all the tools you want at tackle. I would be, uh, I would not be surprised at all if he goes over Jawalt, even though everyone's saying that Alt should go first right now. But yeah, no, I think he's going to be an amazing prospect. I really yeah. hope he goes to like uh, if he goes to Tennessee next to oh yeah, um, I think Peters. that's where I have if dude, if Tennessee walks over Fashanu, they should be ecstatic. Yeah. They should be ecstatic. And if they just can hit on a couple wide receivers, maybe. Well, they have so many. It's a great draft yeah. to need to want to hit on wide receivers. Yeah, and especially when if you, now that you know you don't need to draft a quarterback. You have your your guy. Yeah. So, uh, Evan, your last prospect. Um, I am gonna go with Cam Kinchins from Miami. Wow, we have nice. the same player. Really? Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> okay, okay. That's so, awesome. What are the odds of that? We, I guess we can talk about them together then. All right, you lead, you lead the way. Um, I I'll say I've seen this from Miami University of Miami players a lot very physically talented very just talented in general he can fly to the ball he can make plays on the ball but they are undisciplined so I mean that's a problem he has right now he can bite on fakes he can get caught looking at the quarterback caught looking at the in the backfield too much but whenever he makes those plays and ha- whenever that anticipation pays off he makes plays. He'll be in the backfield making tackles. He's on almost every tackle that we see. He can make plays on the ball. He didn't play all the games this season, I think. Yeah, he got he, injured. Yeah, he injured his head slash neck, and that's why I think a Ooh. lot of people have him falling in this year's draft a little bit. Right. But um, to your point, like, yeah, he was absolutely amazing for Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fantastic player. And I think the undisciplinedness comes from Miami. It's the culture. It's the coaching. I think that could definitely be something that gets ironed out, and he can become a much more polished, talented player in the NFL. Yeah, no, I I think it's so funny that we're ending this talking about the same player. Well, that's a perfect way because we were short right. on time. <laughs> yeah. Um, like honestly. Um, but yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think the only thing, like we said, as a junior, he only played in ten games this year. He played on six hundred thirty-eight snaps. Um, on those snaps, he had a solid 52 tackles, 11 assists, 13 stops, and then the secondary, two pass breakups, five interceptions, and gave up an unimpressive uh, QB rating of 115.9 when targeted. Yeah. So uh, I think it's going to – I think that's a big name that a lot of people are going to be – I don't know. Like I, I think he's going to catch a lot of people by surprise, mm-hmm. and I th- truly think he might be – I'm trying to think of like a player who's – who kind of broke out? Like, um, I don't know. Who's a player from this year's draft that you would say got taken a little that fell? Brian Branch, perfect. I think somebody that people like were confident would be good, and yeah, then but fell, fell and still was good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would That's agree with Brian that. Branch. I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think he's going to be the Brian Branch of this draft. I really do. So but where do you have him going? Um, honestly, I think he might be a late first round or maybe early second round. Um. Maybe Buffalo. Ooh, don't yeah, because isn't uh, yeah. Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer one of them's definitely out this year? I think so. Unless I, I, I know they're on their last year of their deal. Right. Um, maybe another situation is Denver. Um, it's you know they uh they've cut that one guy who kept getting you know so many roughness but penalties. Yeah, I can't uh, remember his name. Kareem, Kareem Jackson. No, 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 no. Kareem Jackson. Yeah. Kareem Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because he's like thirty three. He's so used to hitting <laughs> yeah. like old school. So <laughs> I, I can't blame him, but. Um, Thank you guys for listening. You have been listening to the Students Section NFL on WVUA 90.7. Be sure to listen to us also on TuneIn and Live 365, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Y'all have a wonderful night.
WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa.